every entrepreneur has a story. Welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, where each episode, your host, Brian Carney, will share a drink with a successful business owner and have them discuss their unique journey, gaining insight on what it takes to be an entrepreneur and different ways to get there. Brian isn't just a beer nerd, he's also the co-founder of River's Edge Advisors, a financial planning firm headquartered in Delaware, specializing in working with business owners. It's time to pour yourself a drink and enjoy a happy half hour with an entrepreneur. Well, hello, everyone. This is Brian Carney, the host of Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur. My guest today is Joe Giordano from Wisman Giordano, a CAPA firm located in the great state of Delaware. So uh, as you'll find out today, most people don't see or talk about CPAs as being entrepreneurial. And uh, to say Joe is not your typical CPA, I believe is an understatement. So he is uh, quite the enigma. He actually is a former vegetarian that happens to be incredible at smoking meat, um, which we'll get into a little bit. And it things haven't always been uh, easy for Joe. He actually uh, became a widower at the age of 33, his wife passed away at the age of 32. So we're going to definitely talk about that as well as his business. So uh, today I'm going to be, I am a big victory brewing person and I somehow have never had the Dirt Wolf, which uh, is a double IPA, a little bit on the stronger side. It's 8.7%. So uh, this could make for an exciting show. Joe, welcome to the show. Brian, thanks for having me. And uh, when you start talking about percentage of alcohol, when I tell you what I'm drinking, I think I might have you beat, pal. Uh, what do you What do you got? I busted out the Kentucky bourbon. I'm going with Jefferson Reserve, and we're looking at 45 percent alcohol, 90 <laughs> proof. Love it. Well, so, thank you. Cheers. I think Welcome. I got about two and a half fingers here. Cheers. Perfect. All right. So let's jump in first about, tell us a little bit about your, your business and your firm. Uh, well, our firm is, you know, I, I, most people would say we're local. We work with clients all over the country, have some uh, international clients. We do basically all the things a CPA firm does. We do tax planning and preparation. We do auditing and accounting. We do business consulting you know, it's a full service firm. It's grown substantially in the past, wow, six years, seven years. Um, you know, when I started, we were nine people. Yep. And today I actually had to look at our org chart because my marketing manager asked for it. We're 32 <laughs> people. Wow. So that's incredible. yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot of growth over, you know, there wasn't a lot of growth. And then all of a sudden 2014 hit and took we off. doubled in size from, I want to say 2014 to 2018 and it's been an exciting, uh, it's been an exciting journey in that time. The firm has changed monumentally since I started. Yeah. So just longer than I would like to be like (laughs) to admit to tell you the truth. So the firm started before you were born, but your dad is, so is your, is your father one of the original uh, founding members or how how did he get involved? And then how did you, he was not, um, Jim Wisman uh, founded the firm in 1973 and, you know, between 1973 and 19, like 95, 96, give or take, I, I don't have a whole lot of history because that's before my dad's time. Yeah. Uh, my father joined the firm in 97, 96, somewhere in that ballpark. He came in as a partner and there were three people at the time. 
And over, I guess he bought out Jim Wisman in 2008, 2007. Great. Um, and at that time, he would have been the only owner. So I started with the firm as an intern in 2002, I think. That's great. That doesn't include when I was 12 years old and they had me do filing. Sure, of course. Um, That's off the books. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. We don't do stuff like that. Um, we, we, we've never paid anybody with a $20 bill. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess he would have been the only partner or owner at that time. So he made me a, I think he gave me 1%. Yeah. To, to keep it as an LLC so that he didn't have to go on his schedule C as a single member LLC. Sure. So, so how does it, how does it happen that you end up becoming the managing partner? Oh, <laughs> well, I got conned into the business to start with. Um, I was in college and I was planning on going to law school and I was working construction in the summers with one of, with my uncle's company. Okay. And I got hurt. And Tom Dyer, who's a senior manager in our firm and my father, who you, I think you know both of them. Sure. <laughs> they, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, why don't you come in after you got hurt? We'll keep you busy the rest of the summer. You'll have a little income. <laughs> you know, we'll keep you busy. And they gave me things they knew I would like. They gave me like, oh, this is auditing. It's like solving a puzzle. Yeah. And, you know, things that they knew I would like. I think they strategized in in Tom or my father's office and hey don't give them this it'll scare them away right they basically and I went back and changed my major yeah so they laid a trap and you walked right into it oh I was a big dummy <laughs> um, that said it, it worked out um the managing partner thing is kind of a funny story um so as you know we we in our industry they're acquisitions so Julie Morgan joined us uh, someone else joined us and then we bought the firm Haggerty and Haggerty. When we bought the firm Haggerty and Haggerty, you know, I had been begging my father for a partnership agreement forever, but it was just me and him. So that was an uphill battle. Right. Um, once we had other partners, he kind of had to. So we were working with, uh, God rest his soul, Jerry Grossman from Young Conway at the time. And, you know, I'm one of the people signing this agreement. So I'm proofreading it. And I get to the signature pages and it says Joseph V. Giordano, managing member. Wait, I don't remember talking about this. That's actually <laughs> what happened. I walked into Joe Sr.'s office and Jerry was a great attorney. Yeah, sure. Better person. Um, and I walked in and I said, you know, this is strange. Jerry, this is a typo. And Jerry just that generally doesn't send stuff like this. Right. And he looks at me, he goes, oh, I told him to do that. <laughs> When were you going to tell me? Like another bean switch. It? Yeah, another um, bean switch. I love yeah, it. He's good at that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, managing partners, it's, it's, the job is, it's different, but it's, I don't know. I, I'm not much for titles. Never have been. You know, everybody, our, our business is simple. You get a client, you take really good care of them, you bill and collect. Yeah. And, and they don't, you know, leave. right. It's, yeah. it's not, I don't think it's rocket science. I think accountants tend to run their business like accountants. Yeah. And, you know, I've always been of the opinion that you would, if you wouldn't advise your client to do something, why are you doing it? Right. Good point. Very good point. So I don't know. It's just, it always kind of, it was weird to me that 
you know, oh, realization is X. Client doesn't care about that. Yep. What's the market value? What's, you know. No, it's a good point. So I digress. <laughs> so you started, so you basically, your dad dupes you into becoming an accountant, the, uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah, more or less. But, and, but it does take um, an entrepreneurial spirit to be able to want to, A, you know, work a buyout with your dad and B, lead a, a, an accounting firm. So when did you sort of realize that you did have that, that entrepreneurial spirit? I kind of grew up with it. Um, you know, I saw my dad. My grandfather had a business. He had a plumbing business. I have uncles that own their own businesses. Um, I always kind of had a sales mentality. Right. You know, it's, it's you know, I bought baseball cards and tried to trade them for more than they were worth. And, right. you know, um, I, I would say the light bulb that I wanted to own this business yep. probably went on between 26 and 28 so yeah. say 27 in that ballpark. I don't know that I was ready to right. be managing partner. I, I mean, some, some, some days I don't think I'm ready today. And <laughs> other days I think, yeah, this isn't so bad. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have a specific, like, uh-huh. I always wanted this or yeah. this popped for me. Yeah. It's just, it kind of, you know, Brian, we, you, we know each other and the people that are going to listen to this are going to hear this. I've never really been one to march to somebody else's beat. Yeah. Um, so I, I really think this was pro- owning some type of business is probably inevitable because I look in the mirror and I think, you know, I don't know that I'm employable <laughs> for somebody else. <laughs> I know you're only half joking about that, but I, I, I am joking, but I'm not because yeah. I'm not someone who look when somebody has a bad idea, I, I can be polite about it, but yeah. I am not someone who's just gonna go along. Right. Um and I don't care about credit. And if somebody else has a good idea, let's do it. Like get started, we'll do it. Yep. You know, but I, I just, I've never really wanted to work for somebody else or do what somebody else told me all the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, we work for our clients. Sure. Yeah. But, you know. But it's not like you grew up saying like, I want to be a business owner. You sort of just like many other business owners, you end up, you end up owning a company because you know that you can do it better than someone else that you would work for. I'd like to think that. Yeah. I mean, you know, any, anybody who's a competitor of mine would say, ah, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Sure. Yeah. You know, but it's, I, I also like to think I have really good help. We have great partners. Yeah. Um, I have a true mentor. I have my father. Yeah. And you know, he owned a, an accounting firm probably longer than I was, I've been alive. Yeah. So I think this is, I think we just, well, we're right near the end of our busy season. Yep. Um, by the way, we don't call it tax season in our office. Anybody that calls it tax season in our office gets a look. Ah. It's an, it's opportunity season. Ah, I like it. Because. It's a little flip of the mentality. I, like, I think well, it's, 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 it is. Your mindset drives you, I think. And, you know, this is the time when you're talking to your clients the most. This is the time when you're working on their stuff the most. This is an opportunity to be closer to your clients. To, yeah. To help people more to, to get other opportunities, whether it's from your client, existing clients or from, you know, a referral from a client. 
or whatever the case may be. That's interesting flip of the, of the mentality, because it, it seems like you take it from less of a, Hey, we're counting down the days on a calendar to tax filing deadline and just trying to grind it out every single day and more of, Hey, this is our opportunity to shine. This is, this is where we can really provide valuable value to our clients. And this is what they pay us for. Is that sort of the way it goes? That's more or less. Yes. That's, that's, Um, that's really interesting. That's a small tweak, but a huge outcome. It really is. It's, it's, Look, I, the reality is, is, is opportunity season is taxing. Right. In more ways than one. I did that on purpose. Yeah. Dad joke right on time. Um, you know, it, it does. It takes its toll. It, it is long hours. It is a lot of deadlines and it is stressful. Um, but the older you get and the further along you get. Now, my job is very different. And yeah. You know, I've been in our tax director's office probably five, six times in the last couple of weeks asking, hey, do you want me to review a handful of returns? Do you want me to do anything for you? And she has told me no every time. And the last time she finally said, would you just stop asking? I know where your office is. If I need you, I'll let you know. Right. Leave me alone. So (laughs) for me, I have a huge deadline, March 31st. Yeah. After that, unless Lisa DeRose needs me, it's not terrible for me. Right. Um, now, some of our, our team members are cranking right now. And, you know, they're putting in long hours and they are going to have off on April 16th and they're going to take some time off. Yeah. You know, I, I know this year the, the tax deadline is May 17th, but, you know, first quarterly estimates still due April 15th. Good point. So for us the overwhelming majority of individual tax returns we do, they owe taxes and most of them pay quarterly estimates. So yeah. that extension didn't do anything for us. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, that, make, that makes a lot of sense. So you, you mentioned it a couple of times, you have partners. I have a business partner, so I know how, and he would say the same, how challenging that could be, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is in a ways a lot like a marriage where there's highs and lows and you have to work together and you have to, you know, spend time and on your relationship. So you have multiple partners and one of them is your father. How's that dynamic and how's that all work out for you? There's two answers. There's two sides of this answer. So I'm going to answer the first one about other partners first. Honestly, for us, it's really been great. Um, How many partners total? We have, Today, we have three equities and, you know, if you want to count Joe Sr., three non-equities. Okay. Um, so, to me, it's six partners. Sure. You know, if we have, when, when we have partners, it means there's six people in the room. Got it. Um, though each one of them has brought uh, unique perspectives, uh, unique experiences, unique specialties. Yeah. And they've really added to the firm and our ability to serve more clients. On top of that, the majority, look, you and I know this, I'm the youngest partner. I won't say by a mile because Lisa would kick me in the chin. (laughs) Um, But I am the youngest partner, you know, by a solid number of years. So having that experience to lean on is helpful and it's very, very valuable. Um, So, from my perspective, it hasn't really been challenging. Um, the bigger challenge is working with my father. 
Now, look, it's a blessing. He's not going to listen to this. Don't worry about it. No, it's, it's, no, it's okay. fine. I, I would say any, anything that I'm going to say to you, I would say to these people. Yeah. I am blessed to see my father almost every day because right. there are a lot of people that don't get that opportunity. Good point. Um, that said, we're both pretty stubborn and we're both Italian males. Um, so early in my career, I was fired a lot. <laughs> and by a lot, I mean 27 times my first year. Wow. Uh, I mean, it's record-breaking. I'm not sure anybody could touch that. That's amazing. But, you know, like the Mark Twain uh, quote goes, you know, when I was 18, my father was the most ignorant man alive. Now that I'm 28, it's amazing what he's learned in 10 years. <laughs> uh, you know, we find that we agree more uh, than we used to. But it is challenging because, you know, look, he's in his 47th tax season, I think. Maybe it's yeah. 48th. I've lost track. And that experience is, it, you can't replace it, but it's also, he got used to walking around saying, hey, we're going to do this and hey, yeah. we're going to do that. And no, we're not because number one, we have other partners. Two, I don't always agree. Sure. You know, I'm a millennial. I don't always agree with, with somebody who's 68 or 69 years old. It's interesting. We've had we've had this theme come up a bunch of times uh, uh, throughout the the episodes and the podcast. Is that there is a real generational um, struggle? So you know, I, I'm I'm a Gen Xer, right? So I'm on the like I'm a young Gen Xer. I guess technically mm -hmm. my group ha we're called Zennials because there's like a three year gap where there's a group yeah. of people. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but there's there's a real issue with millennials and and baby boomers, uh, especially because baby boomers. Oftentimes you hear them say things like, well, we're doing it this way because this is the way we've always done it. And this is the way I did it. And oh. here, you know, a lot of times millennial goes, well, that doesn't make sense. Just because you've done it that way doesn't make sense. So that that headbutting is not totally, you know, crazy, you know, that's the most dangerous phrase in the English language. Uh, well, maybe it's not anymore, but it's from a business owner's perspective. We do it this way because we've done it for 30 years is such a dangerous phrase and mentality. It really because, is. you know, our, my business has changed more in the last, I don't know, three to five years than it did in the prior 20. Yeah, for sure. Um, you so know, you can't run your business that way. So you just we're, can't. You know, both of us are huge Philadelphia Eagles fans, and we suffered through the Chip Kelly years. You know, I had a couple <laughs> good years, but that was one thing he always said is the the only answer I will not accept is the re if you ask why we're doing it this way, if if you mm -hmm. say this is the way we've always done it, it is you can't grow that way, uh, you can't move forward that way. You know, if, if we did that, we would still be doing you know audits in, in on paper. Yeah, sure. We'd still be writing tax returns with a pencil and paper. <laughs> right. I mean, good Lord almighty that, that, oof. Yeah. Oof. Now one question I want to ask you, you, you mentioned earlier that you you've purchased or merged, I guess, purchased, bought out a couple of different practices. What kind of lessons do you, can you give going through that experience? Well, it, it's, a, it's not as easy of an answer because I wasn't really in the position where, I was a minority partner at the time and I was uh -huh. not managing partner when we did these things. Yep. I, I think you really have to define everything 
you you really have to everybody's got to have the same understanding yep everybody has to have the same everybody's got to be on the same page the one thing that i would do differently if we ever buy another firm sure not not necessarily bring in someone now i will say this i do not see me bringing in a partner from the outside in the future because i want to give our young people we have some outstanding young people you know that are between the age of uh, i want to say between the ages of say 26 and and 40 maybe i'm a few years off that i really think can get there yeah promote so from within i don't want to block their ability to grow and good move point. into roles yeah i, I think that point. it's a bad idea yeah so i don't see it happening but if we were to do it um the one thing that we tried to do was we tried to you know, we're going to do best practices and we're going to have a little bit of your process and a little bit of our process. And, you know, this sounds bad and I don't mean it to, but if I'm the buyer, we're using my process. Yeah. I and we're using my softwares and we're, you know, and it's not personal. It's not because, you know, I'm unhappy with how things have gone. It's just something that I think would have made the transition easier for everyone. Sure. You know, it would have been hard at the at the beginning for the people ch- switching their process, but it would have been easier for the rest of the people, which was the bigger firm, the 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 acquire the you know the acquiring firm. Right. Yeah, that does make sense. You know, if you're buying it, you should that that firm should mold into yours. Yeah. It's 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 one of those things where you you try to you try to make everybody happy, and that's an impossibility. For, yeah. You just can't. Everyone it, loses. Right. Yeah. So, so um, what do you see some of the common mistakes that you, that the firm's clients that own companies, your business owner clients, what are, what are some mistakes that you see them making that you would sort of caution other people that own companies to, to not to do? Well, I think any business owner has should build their team first and that's, you know, CPA, financial planner, attorney, you know, if, if you have insurance broker, um, you know, going down the line, I think you need to build your team uh, of advisors. Yeah. Uh, Because very rarely is anyone uh, able to be the advisor for everything. Yeah. Um, That doesn't make sense. Most of the time. Very, very, very rarely. I I think I've seen it maybe once in 19 years of a career. Right. Um, Give or take. Maybe. Yeah. But that's the first thing. The, the thing that frustrates CPAs most is when our clients make decisions to do things that have a major impact, whether it's on taxes or on their business or whatever, yeah. without calling us before they finalize a deal. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's a bad decision. Yeah. But it's really hard to give advice on taxes or or, hey, you got to be careful of this with this deal. Yeah, before you do it. Before you do it, because if this happens, it's going to have a negative impact on your business. Yeah. That's the biggest mistake I see made. Yep. Um, You know, I like to think that as a firm, we've done a better job of getting our clients, hey, call us ahead of time. Let us read the agreement and we might have a few pointers. Yeah. You know, we're not attorneys. We're not going to look at it from a legal perspective, but. Yeah. You know, you bring up a good point. And I think you talk about the team and, and building that team and doing things 
proactively as opposed to reactively. I think one of the things that most business owners really need is they need their team working together. And I, you know, you, it does sound obnoxious when you say you need a team, but you do, and you need them all to communicate and have a good relationship with, with, with each other. It's never good to have your accountant saying that your financial planner is an idiot or vice versa, you know, and, and have them fighting in a, in a room. It, it, you really need to get everyone on the same page to, to begin with. And I think that's a, a way to have a successful future. It is. And I've, I've talked to some people about this and I, Brian, we have a mutual client or two. Yeah. And I've told them, look, I'm not a financial planner. Right. You cannot ask me what you should be invested in or, mm-hmm. you know, my, I want to retire by 58. How do I do it? That's not my specialty. Right. And, you know, I often tell people, look, our main job, whether it's us or your turn, somebody's got to play point guard. Yeah. You know, somebody's got to bring the ball off the court and find everybody else that should be taking the shot. Yep. Um, now, I did notice that you didn't say quarterback because uh, you, you're on record saying that you hate that uh, you hate that phrase. Is that is that accurate? Is that why you use point guard as opposed to quarterback? No, I, I, <laughs> I'm more of a basketball fan than a football fan. Okay. I, I like football, but it's sure. the quarterback, especially in, in today's game. I guess as a point guard, it's the same thing. They tend to not pass as often. I mean, I look at Lamar Jackson, and he's running the ball as often as he's passing, right. which is fine. That works for the Ravens. Yeah. But, but you lose I, a little bit on the analogy perspective. I get it. I'm with you. You do. I, I see point guards as like John Stockton and, and Maurice that, Cheeks. Yeah. You know, I don't see point guards like, you know, Stephon Marbury, who took 30 shots to score 30 points a game. Right. Exactly. Love it. Uh, you know. Um, so when you are an accountant, you know, you have the stereotypical, you're a bean counter, you're locked in a closet, you're in spreadsheet heaven, you know, just loving (laughs) calculating numbers. That role is typically not a way to flex entrepreneurial muscle, right? So how, how have you been able to scratch your entrepreneurial itch in a, you know, sort of a non entrepreneurial stereotypical uh, profession? The first thing I would tell you is when we hire people, we hire for culture and fit. Yeah. And and culture's critically important to me. It's up high on my priority list on how we run the business. Yep. Um, And look, the reality is, is culture can't be, you know, completely defined by the top because the whole group has to buy in. Yeah. But it is steered, you know, the, the, the top of the company has to steer culture. Yep. And the reality is, is I do not fit in now. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. You give me some numbers and there are times when I have an adding machine next to me and you'll hear the tape going. And, you know, <laughs> I do, I, I am a nerd. I do like it. Um, but I also, the thing about this business I enjoy most isn't doing the accounting or doing the taxes or, you know, the thing I enjoy most is working with our clients, working with people, knowing what their goals are. You know, some people will say, I don't care about the tax. I want to be highly profitable. Others will say, I don't want to pay any tax, which, you know, if you're not paying taxes, you're not making any money. That's not a good strategy. Yeah. Paying tax is a good problem to have. I have a client that learned from a retired CPA who he used before he, hired us 
used to say it's okay to pay taxes at 25%. Yeah. It's not okay to pay taxes at 35, 40%. Right. So if you can legally, obviously, yeah. get yourself into a position where you can plan and make decisions that help your taxes be in that 25 range as opposed to 35 or 40, you know, and I'm using 40 because I, I truly believe the tax rates are going to go up very yeah. soon. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I know right now we're not at 40%, but yeah, I, I do see that coming yep, absolutely. sooner than later. Um, so. All right. So obviously it hasn't been all sunshines and rainbows yeah. and unicorns for you. So we would be remiss if we didn't talk about your wife passed away from, correct me if I'm wrong, the flu at 32 years old. Well, the death certificate says the flu. Yeah. Um, I happen to know because I was spending 16 to 18 hours uh, a day at the hospital. Uh, it was MRSA pneumonia okay. that ultimately killed her. Got it. Uh, it just ate away at her lungs and she went into the fibrotic stage of acute respiratory distress syndrome. And yeah, unfortunately it's very similar to the way people die from COVID. Okay. Um, you know, Tax so, lungs, so, difficult breathing. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, they, the way they explained it to me was, and I can't remember what the procedure was, but they stick a camera down your throat they look at your lungs and the doctor at the time just explained it that the lung, a healthy lung is like a sponge. It moves around and all that. Her lungs became rock solid. Wow. So, yeah, it was. Uh, and, and unfortunately, she died in March and went into the hospital in early to mid-February. I missed a month of time in in our busiest time. Yeah. Which kind of defines our culture a little bit. You know, we have a culture where we're compassionate. We, we help each other. We pick each other up. Yeah. And you know, the truth is the firm carried me for, well, he definitely carried me for that month, month and a half. Yeah. And you know, I like to tell people I was useless for a minimum of six months and it might've been longer. Yeah. So, you know, you're, so you're 33 years old, right? Yeah. You expect to have, you know, your whole life with your family and, you know, with your wife ahead of you. Let's just say the span of four to six weeks, she goes from perfectly healthy to deceased. Right. Mm -hmm. How do you even begin to wrap your head around that? There's there's well, there's there's another part of that that, I, that you may know, but a lot of people don't know that Christmas time area. Yeah, we, we had finally decided we were going to start trying to have kids. Oh, wow. So, you know, and my birthday's in that time frame. Our anniversary was in that time frame. Yeah. So we had finally, you know, we were married. I think we were married just shy of six years before she died. Uh, I guess it would have been five. I think it was five years. Uh, six years. Okay. Six years we were married. It would have been seven, I think. I uh, I'd have to have my ring. It's got, you know, unfortunately she died six years ago. So yeah. it's been so long that it's the memories of when we got married. It's like a blur. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it definitely was a shock. Um, the word train wreck would have described me at that time. Um, 
I was lucky. I had a lot of people that, that helped and picked yeah. me up. I had some friends that have been through similar um, situations, whether they lost their spouse from cancer or whatever. Yep. Um, you know, it definitely changed my perspective on life, on the business. How could it not? Yeah. Well, you know, I've told, I've told some of our younger people that want to be partners someday, you know, if you're married, take that trip right. with your significant other, because I sacrificed a lot of that. I worked a lot, a lot of hours because this is what I wanted. And I always looked at it like I'm making an investment in my career so that I can make sure that our family's taken care of later. Yeah. You know, the money in and of itself, I don't really care about. Right. How much I never had a goal of, I want to make this much X money by this age. I, yeah. I don't, yeah. it, it's not, I want to live comfortably. I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be living paycheck to paycheck at this point in my life, but definitely changed my perspective. I, I don't want RP right now. We are all working a lot of hours. Any accountant that's not working a lot of hours has no clients. Right. Um, but I don't want people working Saturdays all year in the summer. Yeah. I used to do that. Um, I used to work nights all summer, you know, and I'd go home at whatever time because I was working. And I live with that regret because I should have taken more trips with Amy. I should have, you know, hey, let's take a long weekend and go to D.C. or Baltimore or, you know, let's let's take that that day trip somewhere. Yeah. You, um, you know, what, what you're saying is really interesting because I, I, I notice this from my, my own personal life is that you're always a lot of people are always waiting for something like, all right, well, once I get that bonus check or once, uh, once I make partner or once I do this, then we can do X. If I get X, then I, then I can do Y. And what ended up happening is you just swap out X, never do Y and you mm -hmm. put a new X in there. So it's like, once I get partner, I'm going to, we're going to go on vacation. Well, you never go on that vacation. You buy it, a that, then it becomes buy a house. So being able to have the clarity to be able to, I mean, uh, unfortunately for you to be able to tell people that like, Hey, do this. I, I'm telling you, time really is short. I'm, I, I can speak from experience that you should not delay a vacation with your family. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, look, it is what it is. Um, I, I tell people regularly, Amy's perfectly happy. She's at peace. Me, she left me with all the, stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it is what it is. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about, so you created a fund for her, um, in her memory for boys and girls club it, there. Well, yes, I, I can't take complete credit for creating it. Um, okay. <laughs> at the time, George Krapansky, who's, who's a friend of the family and we've known him. God, wow. Longer than my father's probably known him longer than I've been alive. Yeah. Maybe. He was at the time, he was, I think he was still CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Delaware. Yeah. And, you know, we were donors. We were always involved over there. And Amy, Amy was, loved kids, loved volunteers, loved the arts, all that kind of stuff. And he actually called my father because I, I was still a train wreck. And he said, listen, you know, would you be interested in doing something like this? And, you know. Joe senior talked to mom and then they, they said, yeah, it'd be a good idea. And then they talked to me because it was a good idea to talk to me together because I was just not right. I wasn't in a, in a stable place of mind. Sure. Um, and it's really turned out to be 
it's probably the thing I'm most proud of in my life. We've been able to raise a lot of money. We've been able to help people. Um, the truth is, is I am very passionate about helping other people, um, which, you know, I'm, I don't have the, the, the meticulous hands to be a doctor or a nurse or anything like that. Right. So I always looked at it like, well, I'm helping people, whether it's with saving money from taxes or being more profitable or helping them put more money away for retirement or, Hey, call Brian Carney or, you know, Hey, you need to make some investment choices and I'm not the person call Brian. Right. Um, which you we know, appreciate. Which, well, I, you <laughs> know, I mean, as you know, accounting firms, we generally have a handful yeah. of people in your industry, a handful of attorneys, a handful of, you sure. know, everything. Yeah. Because, you know, not everybody's the right fit. Not everybody's, you know, yeah. the client has to make the choice themselves. Of course. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a nice way to keep Amy's memory alive. Amazing. That's the Congratulations on that. That's huge. Thank you. It's, 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 it, I've been pretty blessed. I've had some successes in my life. That's the one that obviously I would trade the fund to have Amy. Of course. But given that that's not an option. Yeah. It, it's, it's pretty special. It really that, is. That's awesome. Well, we only have a couple minutes left. And one thing I wanted to talk about is your meat smoking skills, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, I have to admit you've, you inspired me uh, to, to start smoking meat, but you were a vegetarian for quite some time and you were still smoking meat. So let's talk about how that works. And then let's talk about <laughs> what, what's some, uh, let's talk about some tips to slash what you would recommend people to start if they want to start smoking some meat. You got it. Well, the truth is I was a carnivore all along until Amy died. Mm -hmm. um, and I put on a lot, a lot, a lot of weight in that first year after Amy died. Yeah. And I went vegetarian because I really had to get it together. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I got up to something around 285 pounds. Okay. And I'm only 5'7". Like I was going to say, that's, you're not very tall. <laughs> I, that's that's not acceptable for a guy my height. Yeah. Um. So that was the reason I went vegetarian was really to drop the weight. And yep. once I got to a certain number, I started eating fish again and then chicken and then turkey. And now I'm, you know, I won't say I eat whatever I want, but yeah, sure. You know, I grilled a few ribeyes last night. So, Perfect. you know, as far as smoking, I started on a Weber Smoky Mountain. Okay. And it was, you know, I think it was a couple hundred bucks at the time. And it was just something that, hey, I need a, I need a, an adult hobby that's healthy. Right. Um, you know, so I started that and, you know, I would do pork butts and, and whole chickens and, and things like that. It's funny because, you know, I used to watch the barbecue shows for little, little ideas and things like that. And now the smoker I use is a, is a backwoods fat boy. Yeah. Um, which is, I think it's got two inches of insulation throughout. The smoker can handle all weather. I cannot. Right. I, you know, my hands, <laughs> I do not want to be out in, in the cold weather doing that. For six hours watching a uh, just, or whatever it is. Yeah. Not six hours. <laughs> yeah, right. If, right. If, when I make brisket, I started at like midnight so that it can rest. You know, hopefully it's done by 10, 30, 11 o'clock. In the morning. In the morning, yeah, sure. You you hope, and then it can rest an hour or two. Yeah. Um, brisket is probably my favorite thing that I cook. Yeah. I don't do it that often because it's, it's look, I 
It's a lot of food for yeah. one guy. I'm a single guy. Yeah, you single guy. A brisket isn't cheap. You get, you know, you spend 100, 150 bucks on a big piece of brisket, and then you got a mound of meat. Uh, if if you if you go to snakeriverfarms.com, you're spending closer to 250. Right. Right. So, you know, it adds up and, and, you know, I can't eat all that red meat in a week anymore, but I've really gotten good at smoking salmon and chicken thighs. Okay. And it's chicken it's thighs fun. is probably my favorite thing to eat. Yeah. It's so. funny. We've actually, in my family, we've actually switched from the chicken breast to the chicken thigh and I like it a lot more. It's a good call there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I'll give you the tip. You want to get those Texas muffin trays from Acme. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're the, the really big muffin trays. You want to trim off the knuckle of the thigh. Yep. And you want to form those thighs. So you want, you know, you want to pull some of the skin off and, and shave it and then sure. put it back on. A little bit of butter at the bottom of the tray. Put them in skin side down. A little bit of butter on top. Cook them for 45 minutes to an hour. Flip the thighs in the tray. Cook them for another 45 minutes, hour. Take them out. Now you've hit them with whatever rub you want sure. each yeah. time you flip them. Take them out, throw them in a in a dry tray, throw them back in another half hour to an hour, depending on where they're at. Sauce them another 15 minutes, you're good. Love and now you've got perfect form, nice, nice bite through skin. It's delicious. That's it's, great. It's, it's definitely my and it doesn't take that long. It's sure. not difficult. Yeah. You know, it's not smoking a brisket overnight. Right. Exactly. High, that's yeah. high risk, high stakes, uh, smoking there. Yeah, it, it really is. It's, it's, you know, it's fun. Oh, love it. All right. So last question, what, you know, as we, as we sort of wrap up, if you could go back in time and visit yourself when you were 21, 22, 25, <laughs> right. What piece of advice would you give to yourself if you, if you could go back in time and make that happen? Um, well, you want the professional answer or the personal answer? Because there's two different ones. Go with, start with the personal one. The personal one would be get your act together so you can meet somebody like Amy sooner. Right. Uh, and then take more trips with her and, and do more things with her. Yep. Yeah, because I, I tell people, Amy cleaned me up. Yeah. Like I, I don't know that I'm where I'm at today if I don't meet Amy. Good. Yeah. That's, that's great. I, I just, I don't know that that happens. I don't know that I get my act together. I don't know. I, I don't know that I, I, you know, I, 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 there's two ways you go. Yep. Professionally. I can't say that I would change too much professionally, but from an advice standpoint, I probably would tell myself, learn everything you can get multiple mentors you know, I've been really lucky. We have some nice clients that kind of have taught me a lot of things too. Yeah. So I've learned things from my father. I've learned things from our partners, but I've also learned from our clients. Um, you know, the business owner clients, the CEOs of nonprofits. Sure. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's the thing I would change is I probably would have started networking. I, I probably started in my mid twenties anyway. Yeah. I probably would have started 22, 23. Yeah just to get more knowledge, to just, yep. just to gain more of an understanding and me more listen and yeah. listen and, and, and learn. And listening know, is a very lost art these days. You're not kidding. Yeah. But you can learn so much from so many different people. And sometimes you learn things that you don't agree with. Right. 
you know, I've had some business owners say, oh, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And I go, I don't agree. And here's why, but it's your business. Yeah, you do. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, everybody's got their own way. There's nothing wrong with, well, there are certain things that are wrong. Yeah. You know, like you shouldn't, you know, I don't know, shoot your employees. Right. Pretty <laughs> obvious. Yeah. You know, things like that are obvious, but you know, the way you, you grow your business, it, you know, some people want to borrow a lot of money and buy a bunch of companies. Well, go for it. If yeah. you think that's the way you could do it. Other people want to grow organically. Yeah. Go for it. You know, everybody has to do their own. You have to go your own path. Definitely. Well, good. Well, Joe, this is awesome. So how was your, how'd your whiskey taste? How was oh, it? Well, that's an empty glass. Yeah. I got an empty bottle here. So dirt wolf, which again, I can't believe I haven't, uh, haven't had before. So victory dirt wolf, I'm going to give this a four out of five on my, uh, on my scale. So, um, well, you know, well enough that I didn't have a drink for almost five years after Amy died. The fact that I own this should speak volumes. <laughs> I love it. That's because I, I don't keep a whole lot of booze in the house anymore. It's, it's just not, yeah. I haven't needed it. Right. But, well, I'm glad know. I'm glad we were able to do that. So thanks. Uh, thanks so much for, for coming on. And Brian, Brian, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This absolutely. Is, this is a blast. If you would uh, like to learn more about Joe's business, Wisman Giordano and Associates, go to wismangiordano.com. If you want to connect with me on the untapped app, my username is brcarney7, and I'll be given uh, the Victory Dirt Wealth of, of four out of five stars. And to learn more about how my firm helps business owners with their financial planning, visit riversedgeadvisors.com. And finally, to hear past episodes of the podcast, go to happy half dash hour.com. Joe, thanks so much. And cheers to you. Cheers, Brian. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, sponsored by Rivers Edge Advisors. For more information on how Rivers Edge Advisors can help you, visit their website at riversedgeadvisors.com. If you'd like to connect with Brian Carney for business advice or just to share a beer, Follow him on Instagram at riversedgeadvisors underscore LLC.